Be sure to friend us on Facebook. You can do it right now. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for us at keyword Voice America. The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Variety Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit VoiceAmericaVariety.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit VoiceAmerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the hosts or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Did you know that relaxation is all in your mind? That's right. By applying various techniques of mindfulness, you can practice relaxation anywhere and anytime, whether it's at home, work, or at play. Welcome to Come Back to Your Senses Radio with host Leah Brenda Smith. Our program is all about recovering your common sense. Now, here's health and wellness specialist Leah Brenda Smith. Hello, I'm your host, Leah Brenda Smith, and... Welcome to Come Back to Your Senses Radio. I appreciate you tuning in today to listen to this great topic about how we can relate to life force energy. Relating to life force energy. We could really see that as the same as relating to your own divinity. And again this week we're going to talk about um, another underutilized, something that's underutilized and for some people, it's really a relatively untapped resource. But don't get scared off by the idea of divinity because, again, we're talking about something that is as natural as breathing, combining with that life force energy or that divinity. All our cells are made up of that energy, and it's something that's ever-present everywhere all the time. And the purpose of speaking about it today is to help us to understand that when we are in our natural state, when we are open and free-flowing, that we can focus on the knowing that we are part of this energy and call upon that to support our everyday activities that we are involved in. It's not something that needs to be really formal or formalized. It's something that you can connect with and combine with in a very casual, relaxed way. As simple as it is having a conversation with someone or even how we have those little conversations with ourselves, you can have a sense of that you're combining with this life force energy or communing with your own divinity I've often seen this really as the most private, most personal, most intimate relationship that's really available to us on the earth. And and that's not to uh, minimize or diminish our relationships with our, with our partners or our children or other people in our family or friends that we're close with. Now, throughout the ages, there's been a lot of rhetoric around religion and spiritual practices and Human beings have been asked to participate in things that seem to go against their nature, or at least what we feel is natural for us. 
We have an abundance of sacred texts available to us from many religions that are practiced all over the world. Yet sometimes it seems impossible in a modern world to really adhere to, especially to the strictest of these practices. Now, there are many people that have a reverence for the essence of religion or even the spirituality that's inherent in religion, yet become turned off by the politics or the demands or the restrictions, especially when people feel that to do so, to really embrace the politics and the restrictions is really an infringement on their own human rights. So it's become more common in the modern world for people who are not affiliated to a religion or to the religion that they were born into to seek connections in practices of other religions or sometimes people just cobble together their own form of practice. It may include prayer, it may not. It may include meditation, it may not. And they gather these things from a myriad of sources that are available For some people, their deepest connection to what they might refer to as religion or spirituality is really their their connection to nature, their connection to the natural world, their focus on living a wholesome life, the basic principles that people adhere to in terms of being kind and being honest. the natural ways of life. Now, religion and faith and practice and beliefs have become more and more individualized amongst people. And people that are unaffiliated have chosen to walk away from what they had related to within their faith base from their families or what they learned in school or practice as children. And sometimes after investigating other choices, people return to the faith base of their family or the origin with a renewed sense of how their roots can fit in with the framework of the modern world. I had a good example of this in my own experiences of being involved with Judaism as a child, and then getting involved with Reiki, a spiritual-based practice, and then coming back into Judaism as an adult, and at first feeling like I was understanding some of the uh, principles. Actually, it was quite lovely when my son was uh, very young. He uh, he went to Hebrew school. One of my brothers uh, sent him to Hebrew school, and um, afforded, paid for him to go so he could afford to go and get a Jewish education. And I remember at night I uh, started reading uh, the um, Old Testament, the first five books of Moses. And I can remember my son coming and crawling into bed with me sometimes and I would read out loud to him. And after a while I felt like I was understanding what I was reading because of all of the years of practicing Reiki and my involvement with that spiritual practice. And then I'd read a little more and I felt like, hmm, well, maybe I was, maybe I understood Reiki because of my original roots in these, uh, Judaic practices. 
And then I read a little more and I started to think, well, really, what is the difference? Is there really a difference? And in later years, through my involvement with a Jewish organization and working with people with developmental disabilities, I started to investigate something that's referred to as the Jewish healing movement. And so I did some research on the internet and started to investigate things like that and also started to investigate some Kabbalah practices. And what I realized in the Jewish healing movement is that it was really made up of people that, like myself, were born into Judaism and then went away from that. They were drawn to the spirituality, but not the religiosity of Judaism. And they went off and got involved with some of them Buddhist practices or other meditation practices or yoga practices or different types of healing work. And then they came back into Judaism and started to combine what they had learned and discovered and bring all of that and see it all through a Jewish framework. So that is certainly something that has become more common for people to go away from their faith base and then come back into it. Not that everybody does that. And regardless of what people choose with respect to organized or unorganized religion, there's a basic connection with life force energy that's available to everybody at every moment. And it's not dependent on the activity or the number of hours one spends devoted to religious study or practices. In many cases, people are really looking for a way to actively participate in an intrinsic relationship with divinity that lives within them, something that they feel is natural and is a normal thing. As we've mentioned in other shows the idea of what's on the inside is on the outside and what's on the outside is in the inside. And we are naturally drawn to the idea of this intrinsic relationship with divinity and to combine with energies of the divine that we see in others and that we see in ourselves and that we can recognize in the natural world. And I think that these ideas and these energies and the availability of spiritual practice and of things that really help us to call us back into our own natural state are much more available than they used to be. In earlier years, things were more hidden, like in the mystical teachings of Kabbalah, things were hidden. In esoteric philosophies, things were hidden. And even in some of the practices from what we refer to as the Egyptian mystery schools, the, the teachings and the practices and the initiations were really more hidden. And then as we come into what we've referred to more as the <laughs> new age, <laughs> which we talked about before, the old age, the new age, that many of these new age practices are really things that have been practiced for for thousands of years on the earth and and maybe really what happens is they just come to us in a new way or in a new package with a different heading or a different title or the practices have become more modernized so that people can 
can really relate to them and really incorporate practices into their daily life without having to, in some cases, take Buddhist vows or vows of chastity or uh, giving up uh, your personal belongings and going into a monastery or having your life really be about spiritual practices so that everything you're doing and thinking and living and breathing is about that. And in the modern world, there is so much more access to practices that really make it possible for people to incorporate, as I said, into their daily life. And I see all of this as very good indication because really what it's showing or telling is that just the level of awareness and the level of consciousness is certainly shifted and raised and that generally speaking, people are more aware of things. Things like meditation practices and yoga practices and breathing practices and health foods and clean living and clean eating and ideas of relaxation and stress reduction and all these things have become more household names. We've got chiropractors and massage and things have just become more accessible and more normalized, if you like, so that it's available to everybody and not so closely associated with as it was once where people really had to be seeking or really on a spiritual path or on a spiritual journey in order to really come across these types of things. The internet is flooded with information. The bookstores are flooded with information. And and even sometimes your children are coming home and talking to you about things that are opening your mind and opening your heart and opening you to new ideas and and new ways of being in the world and new ways of relating to one another and to each other. So we really live in really uh, fascinating, wonderful times where the whole idea of who we are as spiritual beings is, is kind of been more normalized. We've moved away from that human doing type of idea into more of a sense of human beings. And we're going to take a break in a moment. And then when we come back, I'm going to share with you an old legend that fits in nicely with uh, today's topic. So I am your host, Leah Brenda-Smith, and this is Come Back to Your Senses Radio, and we'll be right back. Talk, talk, talk. That's all we do is talk. If you'd like to talk, call us toll-free right now at 1-866-472-5787. 1-866-472-5787. That's it. That's it. VoiceAmerica.com. If you have a loved one that is undergoing treatment for substance abuse or mental illness, you owe it to them and yourself to tune in to One Hour at a Time with host Mary Woods. This compassionate and educational talk show will help you help those that you love by better understanding their condition and their personal recovery process. Tune in every Monday at 12 noon Pacific time to One Hour at a Time on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. Recovery begins this hour. 
Voice America Network proudly presents the Catherine Zock Show for women, men, children, and families. Catherine magically combines her compassion, experience, and talent to bring listeners a show that's upbeat, informative, and yes, a little sassy. Tune in every Wednesday at 7 a.m. Pacific Time, 10 a.m. Eastern to the Catherine Zock Show on the Voice America channel. Have you heard about the Egoscue Method? It's a way to become pain-free based on unique, custom-tailored exercises designed to bring an individual's body back into postural and functional balance. Learn more about the Egoscue Method when you tune in each week to Stop Your Pain with your host, Rick Mathis, director of the Egoscue Clinic in Austin, Texas. Your questions, calls, and emails are a major part of our program. Let Rick show you how to get out of pain and take back control of your life. Stop Your Pain airs live every Wednesday at 4 p.m. Eastern Time, 1 p.m. Pacific on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. Streaming live, the leader in Internet talk radio, voiceamerica.com. You are listening to Come Back to Your Senses Radio with Leah Brenda Smith. If you'd like to call into our program today, use our toll-free number, 1-866-472-5788. That's 1-866-472-5788. If you'd rather send an email, the address is leah at comebacktoyoursenses.com. Now, back to the program. This is Come Back to Your Senses Radio, and I'm your host, Leah Brenda Smith. We were just discussing uh, how wonderful it is that uh, the opportunity to connect with energy is so prevalent in this day and age. There's information and education and opportunities all the time for us now, not so hidden and esoteric as these things were in uh, earlier times. And speaking of earlier times, I wanted to share with you this old legend. And um, uh, I, I'm not going to change the wording in it because it refers to man and man and him and himself and he and he. So let's just leave it because it is an old legend. And um, uh, years from now, when they talk about old legends, I'm sure they'll have a more inclusive language in it. But I'm going to uh, share this with you the way that it was written. So according to an old Hindu legend, there's a time when all men were gods. But they abused their divinity. And Brahma, the chief god, decided to take man's divinity away from him and hide it where they would never again find it. But where to hide man's divinity became the big question. Now, when the lesser gods were all together and called into the council to consider the question, where will we bury man's divinity? They thought, ah, deep in the earth. But Brahma said no, that that wouldn't work because man would dig deep in the earth and find it. And the lesser god said, well, we could sink his divinity into the deepest ocean. But again, Brahma said no, not there. For man will learn to dive into the deepest waters and will search out the ocean bed and, and then man will find it. So the lesser god suggested, well, we could take it to the top of the highest mountain and hide it there. Again, Brahma replied, no, man will eventually climb every high mountain on the earth and he will be sure someday to find it and take it up again for himself. 
The lesser gods gave up and concluded that they didn't know where that they could hide it because it seemed that there was no place on the earth or in the sea that man would not eventually reach. And then Brahma said, here's what we'll do with man's divinity. We'll hide man's divinity deep down inside of man himself, for he'll never think to look for it there. And ever since then, the legend concludes that man's been going up and down the earth, climbing, digging, and diving, and exploring, searching for something that's already within himself. And that is really the message that I'm trying to bring to you today, is for you to understand that this life force energy, this divinity, this universal life energy is inside of us. It's in every cell of us. It's what we're made of, and it is the most natural thing for us to be able to be in relationship with it and combine with it to help us in our daily life. The, the path of love and compassion is an exploration into that divinity that's deep inside of us. And for some seekers, this takes us into the practice of meditations, and other people have found that they explore the outer earth or the outer space to look for that. And the same divinity that lives inside of us is present all the time in the world around us. Nature, animals, and babies are very clear teachers of this unconditional love. Everybody wants to hold the baby, right? They feel so loving and, and so peaceful. Now, Webster's Dictionary has a, a definition that to heal is to return to a natural state of wholeness. And in our natural state, we are relaxed and we know that we're connected to love. In fact, I think we're about as much love as we are water, which is way up past the 70th percentile. So that is good news. I just want to share with you something that's a, a quote from Hawaii Takada, who is one of the grand masters from Reiki. And she refers to a paradox in life and what can happen when our focus moves away from our divine nature. And she says that conflict arises only when individuals are out of harmony with their divine nature. She says it is a paradox. All of us are joined as one being within the creator itself. Yet each particle of that one being must find its own way in its own time. Life force energy is the vital principle or animating force within all living things. And basically here, we want to refer to this as a, as a relationship or as an equation. If you think of one part being the universal part and the other part being the individual part, and we could see this as the combining of, if you like, essence into form or spirit into form. Essence referring to the spiritual aspect of ourselves and the form referring to the physical aspect of ourselves. Like we see in the word human being, we have that same relationship of essence and form. The human aspect referring to the form and the being referring to the essence. In philosophy, 
the being is the object or the study of metaphysics, which refers to the study of that which is above and beyond the physical. That universal aspect is an ever-present, all-pervasive, abundant, never-ending, infinite energy. (laughs) And the individual aspect is finite. It's contained. It has a beginning, middle, and an end. It's more definable or... It's aligned with the physical laws of time and space and gravity, you know, those laws of physicality. And our physical form vibrates at a slower rate. The molecules of our physicality are the densest of all the, all the particles, all the substances on the earth. So we have a universal and an individual. Universal energy and individual energy. Our human being. The being is the universal aspect, the human is the individual aspect. So right there in the equation, we understand that our relationship with divinity is individual. Because we have that right there in our individuality. And even though we have a lot of similarities as individuals, and some might even say we're more similar than we are different, Even with that, we all are individual. And as Takata had mentioned in that quote I read earlier, that we need to find our own way with this. We all need to find our own way, if you like, back into our own sense of ourself, to combine with our own sense of our own divinity. So your individual energy encompasses your body and your mind, your thoughts and your emotions, your past, your present, your future, your own special gifts and abilities and talents, and also your challenges, your likes and your dislikes. Now, if we were to speak a little more esoterically, we'd also include maybe the lineage of your being or your soul. For those of you that might be inclined towards the idea of reincarnation, which is certainly a prevalent idea or concept in many religions. And another aspect that we could incorporate is the idea of your tikkun. And tikkun is really, it's a Hebrew word which loosely translated, really it means to repair. So your growth and your learning that you do in your lifetime. Learning on a soul level. Now some religions and philosophies believe that you come to the earth with a soul mission or a life purpose, which would be your individual tikkun. And in more practical terms, you could think of this as some of the, maybe the personality traits that you try to overcome. You know, for some people, it might be jealousy or self-centeredness. Or it could also be learning to speak up for yourself or overcoming your shyness. For other people, it might be letting go of judgment or being open to valuing the opinions of others or even increasing your own sense of self-worth. You know, for some people, guilt is a huge energy that they are always wrestling with in their, in their life and in their experience. 
for some people, uh, addictions is something that they deal with or, or abuse or these things could be seen as your own personal tikkun, if you like, or, or things that you may have come into your life to, to help yourself discover and grow and, and learn and balance. Now, some people believe that all aspects of your life are related to your purpose. Even the placement of the planets in the sky when you are born, you're in, imbibed with this certain energies or vibrations or influences that, that have an effect on your thinking or your behavior or your tendencies towards certain things and maybe away from other things. Even the family you were born into. Some religions and philosophies would suggest that you choose the members of your family and that you choose them because you all come together to help you achieve certain lessons and learning on a soul level. Even the country or the culture or your social, so, social economic background, your relationships with friends and partners, your children, that all of it's chosen on a soul level before you're born or before you incarnate on the earth. And other schools of thought or philosophies would suggest that all of this is totally random and that there's no rhyme or reason to any of it. Now, in Hebrew, there's another term, uh, which is tikkun olam, which loosely translated means to repair the world. So we have tikkun, like your individual tikkun, to repair in an individual way, and tikkun olam, Olam meaning world, would be to participate in repairing the world. And in essence, an aspect of that idea of a chosen people in the covenant that God made with Abraham is that there would always be a people on the earth that had a reverence for God and would follow God's commandments and would participate in the process of tikkun olam, or repairing the world. Now, just imagine for a second, imagine how or if your life would look different or be different if you looked at the world from a different perspective. If you thought of yourself as a human being having an occasional spiritual experience or what your life would be like if you thought of yourself as a spiritual being embarking on a human adventure. Imagine, imagine choosing to come to the earth to participate in the experience of tikkun olam, in the experience of repairing the world, and having your own personal tikkun, which is your own personal growth on a personality level and a soul level. Imagine the difference that this kind of perspective might make in your day-to-day life, in the midst of your daily routines. It is a natural instinct for human beings to want to make a difference in the world, to feel as if they are making a contribution or somehow participating in making things better for humanity. It's an intrinsic, instinctive desire to want to make a contribution. And some people would say that it's that experience of being of service to others that gives them the real meaning and purpose to their life. Now, the modern definition of Kabbalah or Jewish mysticism, the modern way that that's associated with, 
is that the word Kabbalah means to receive. So the next question that we might want to ask ourselves is about the motivation. What's your motivation for receiving? Some people want to receive, or at some times in our life we want to receive just for ourselves alone, for what we can get for ourselves, for what we can get to make our life better, to benefit our own personal needs. And at other times we want to receive for what it is that we can give or share with others. So the energy is quite different. When you receive primarily with the idea of what it is that you can get for yourself alone, your energy is more narrow, more narrow-minded. And although you will receive, it will be a more narrow view of what it is that's really available. If you are open to the idea, when we open ourselves to the idea of knowing that we can receive for the purpose of sharing with others, it's a very different vibration. It's a very different energy. And it's a very different life. When you open yourself up with the idea of sharing with others, you're naturally holding a larger view or a bigger picture of reality. And when you're more open to receiving that way, there's more abundance that comes through. Now, it's interesting to note the differences and the understanding that all of this happens through your own choosing and the free will factor. You are certainly free to choose whatever it is that you want to do, to give or to share with others in whatever way you want to. And some would suggest that that's part of the joy and the beauty of life, that we do have this free will that we can choose to explore and discover and share and partake in the things that are there in the world. And for some of us, our tikkun has, is very much about um, going and exploring and trying things and then making decisions and saying, oh, okay, I see, I do that, it makes me feel this way, that's not the experience I'm looking for, I'm not going to do that anymore, even though you're free to do it. So it's interesting because even in the sharing with others at times, people share with others with the idea or with the notion of, I must be kind to this person because sometime I might need their help. So they're motivated to help them now because they know that then that person will help them later. So the real motivation is not necessarily giving freely, but coming from the desire the motivation for people to help one another is coming from the desire of the kind of help that they can get in the future. And when you help your friends or your family or your fellow human beings because of a thought of what you can get in the future, it's just a very different energy. Yes, the job gets done, the help happens, but it's a very different energy. And sometimes there's a very straight line from the help that's given and the help that's received. And sometimes we help someone and then another time in our lives when we're in need of help, the help might come from somewhere else. 
This reminds me of that little story about a person that climbed up onto his roof in a flood, trusting that God would save him. And just as he's climbing onto the roof, a man comes by in a big truck that's still able to pass on the roads, and he offers to help to take him to safety before the roads are completely washed out. And the man refuses his help, saying, God will save me. And then the man's up there on his roof, and later... A man in a boat comes by offering to take the person on the roof in the boat and return him to safety. And again, the stranded man says to the stranger, he sends him away. And later, a helicopter comes by offering to take the man to safety again, and he refuses, saying, no, no, I trust in God, and God will help me. And eventually, the man on the roof perishes in the flood. And as the story goes, yeah, you know, the man goes up to heaven and he's at the pearly gates waiting to enter the gates of heaven. And the man is pleading with his maker saying, I believed in you. I trusted you. I prayed to you. And the reply comes simply and distinctly. I sent help three times and three times you refused. Where do you think the truck and the boat and the plane came from? I like to think of that little story because it reminds me, too, of what happens in our own thinking that we have ourselves fixated on something in particular. And then when it doesn't show up the way that we thought it would, we don't realize that we're actually getting help. So if we think of this whole idea That, you know, in the final analysis, we need to open in ourselves in order to receive the energy. And think of this as the essence flowing into form, the universal energy into the individual energy. That can come and help you with whatever activity you're involved with. It doesn't matter if you're doing dishes or working at your desk or playing with your children, reading a book, digging in the garden, or even having a conversation with your neighbor Combining with the universal life energy, with your own personal energy, it's available to you in every moment. Remember, in our natural state, we're relaxed, and we know that we're connected with all things. It doesn't depend on the activity you're involved in. It depends on where your focus is within yourself. Because when we're separate and insular, then that's what our experience will be. And when we're open and free-flowing, then that's what our experience will be. So let's think of something from uh, our grade 8 science book that can help us to explain this and see how we can work with this. This idea is on page 54 in the science book where they're speaking about uh, energy and energy circuits. Remember at the bottom of the page, there's a picture and there's a battery pack and a wire. And the explanation says that you take the wire, connect it to the positive and negative ports on the battery and create an electrical current. That it's a closed electrical circuit. So think of it this way. There's a closed circuit. Nothing can flow into it and nothing can come out of it. It's closed. would be like if you take your hands in front of yourself and put your thumbs together, your thumb tips together, and then make a circle with your index fingers and put your index fingers together and you create a circle. So tips of your thumbs and tips of your index fingers creating a circle in front of you. And that's the closed energetic circle. The closed energetic circuit. 
Okay? So on the next page in the science book, it says if you want to interact with that in some way, you need to actually cut and create an opening in the circuit, and then you can add other wires in, and basically that's how the whole wiring happens in your house. So let's take that idea to how we are and who we are. And think of it, in our natural state, we're open and relaxed. We know that we're connected to the source of all things. And when we're in that frame of mind, we're in a natural alignment within ourselves, and the energy of life is flowing through us and supporting things we're doing. You don't even think about it. It just happens. So if you think about the same thing, if you've got like the energy of life, it's like a river flowing the water. And if something is open, it fills it with water and overflows it. If something isn't open, then it just moves around it. So think of yourself. Think of yourself when you're closed around a certain idea. Right, your energy's closed. Now you don't necessarily do this on purpose, but you become closed around an idea or an issue or decide that you don't like something or someone or you just become closed. And when we do that, it's as if you've closed off access to that divine intervention or the divine inspiration. Now, I appreciate that we don't necessarily do this on purpose. It just happens to us. We don't realize the power of our mind to really close our energy circuit down. Now, I use this uh, an example, too, when we become closed around certain ideas, like some of us have experiences around trust with people. We have relationships where there's a breach of trust. And we've had experiences of learning about trust and you're cautious and then really what you would say is that you're closed around the whole idea of trust and so things can't show up really in a trustworthy way because you wouldn't even recognize that you're not open to the idea of it because you kind of look through a lens of of a lack of trust. And I'll often hear people say, uh, they'll speak about a particular individual as, um, oh, they'll never change. And I certainly have said that myself on occasion and even thought that about myself in certain areas. And when we say something like that about someone or about ourselves, what we're doing is we're creating a closed circuit. We've decided the person won't change or we can't change around a certain issue. And that thinking is so powerful. It can affect the way that we see things. So even if that person were to change, we may not even see it because we're closed in our thinking about that individual and their ability to change. Another common example is the whole idea of money and people worrying about money, and they become closed, a closed circuit around the idea of money just flowing into them. And we know it doesn't matter if you worry for a minute or you worry for the whole year, it never changes the amount of money that you have. So I tried this sort of technique as an example for myself when I noticed that what I was doing about was worrying about money. I let go of that smaller thinking and looked to be open to receive the intervention. And the idea that came to me is that I have tremendous earning potential. So rather than spending my energy and the stress that's created by worrying 
and spending my focus and energy on lack, I switched it around and started to think of things in terms of a tremendous earning potential and putting my energy in the direction of being able to do that to create more income. So when you realign the energies within yourself by letting go of your smaller focus and opening into the larger picture, then you're opening yourself up to an intervention and inspiration that can bring new energies to help you realize that you do have access to what you need. And it often can come just with the simplicity of shifting your focus. You know, a shift in perception or perspective away from what you don't want and affirming what you do want can make all the difference in the world. And in order to really use this as a technique of focus, let's imagine something here, okay? Let's imagine that there's actually a pivot point between the universal energy and the individual energy, between the human and the being, between your divinity and yourself, the universal energy and the individual energy, the spirit and the form, as if there's a pivot of focus between the two. And when you focus on the individual energy sometimes and your ideas or your mind becomes closed, you're living as if you're only human and you become fixated on a smaller idea, you're cutting off that energy. You're not doing it on purpose, but nonetheless, you are limiting yourself and your resources. And, you know, we get stressed and it affects our vitality and all those things. But in those times when you notice that that's what's happening, when you notice that you're caught in a smaller idea or a smaller perception, that's when you can shift your pivot, shift in that pivot and bring your focus back to who you are in your natural state, that natural alignment. So if you think of this as an equation, then you notice you're fixated around a certain idea. You've become closed in your energy circuit around a limiting thought or belief. Then you recall the pivot of focus and come back into your natural alignment, which is to be open and free-flowing and connected to all things. Recalling that you're not just human, that you're actually a human being and that you have this energy available for you. You know, another good example of that, you could use this to see as an example in a family situation with your family. You could see the family as the universal aspect and the individuals in the family as the individuals in the family. And sometimes as a family, the best that you can do is to focus on what would ultimately be good for the whole of the family and not just for an individual in the family. And in that way, you can make good decisions and create family harmony. It'd be the same if you're working on a project. You know, we all end up sometimes in situations like that where, you know, a bunch of people are cobbled together to work on something. And they may not be the people that you would choose to be friends with or choose to work on a project with. But that's what the times are calling for. And you notice that if you focus on the individual people in the group, you know, you might spend a lot of time trying to figure out whether or not you like each other, whether or not you can get along. Yet, if you focus on the larger picture or the project, then you're automatically going to work together and just honor and respect each other. 
for the individual parts or pieces of the project that people are, are bringing together. We do this all the time. You know, we do it without even thinking. We do it when we play organized sports. You know, you focus on the team effort or you focus on the bigger picture of the game and not on the individual or the individual likes and dislikes. And you can take these ideas into your relationships and think of it this way, you know, okay, now I have this intervention, this divine intervention available to me. And I can use this at any time, whenever I want. So now when you find yourself sort of feeling challenged by things in your life, whether it's in your relationships, with your projects, with your work, with your health, and you can kind of walk around with these questions inside, asking, asking for clarity, calling upon that life force energy to help you to come up with a good solution or to lead you in a good direction or to help you to meet the people that you need that may be able to help you with whatever it is that you're feeling challenged by or challenged with. That it can be casual like that and still be deep and intimate like that as well, where you're having this ongoing dialogue with your own sense of divinity and your own sense of your connection to greater things. You know, some other practical ways that you can work with this as an example would be when you need extra strength. As an example, if you're trying to lift something that's really heavy or you're trying to, you know, uh, uh, you need more strength in your arm or in your hand to like when you're building something. And you can just focus in yourself and know that you have that energy available to you and just call upon it. As simple as focusing and asking for the help. And, you know, I've always noticed that you add, I'm sure you have too, when you add those little grunts and groans, it seems to help as well. Or take a bigger breath, it seems to help as well. So this energy is so wonderful also to help you to focus with clear thinking. Really, anything that you're needing help with in your life, this energy is available to you. And it's not dependent on the activity you're involved with. It's not dependent on whether or not you sat on your meditation pillow that morning for an hour or a half an hour or even 15 minutes. It's just something that's available all the time. In every moment. This life force energy is available for you. You know, we spoke last week about the cycles of ebb and flow. And I'm sure that we've noticed that we don't even give it a second thought when we're in the flow. We're just feeling in relationship with that energy. And we spoke last week also about the opportunity then to also have that sense of connection. You can have that connection also with this life force energy when you are in the ebb. And you can ask inside, what is it for me to learn here? What's going on here that, that is of benefit for me? Is it just to take a break? Is it just to take some downtime and regroup within myself? Or is there a deeper learning that I need here? For those of us that may struggle with health issues, may struggle with addiction issues, 
may struggle with trying to recover from some kind of abuse or neglect in your life. This energy is available to you and they're wanting to help you, wanting to help you to grow, wanting to help you to make the changes that you might need to make in yourself to switch to a healthier lifestyle to make different food choices or to get yourself on a routine or to get yourself the kind of help that you might need rather than um, that idea of it will go away on its own because we really do know that it doesn't really go away on its own. You may get relief from time to time, but the issues like the idea we talked about earlier with your own personal tikkun You all know by your own conversations and your own life experience that you have these sort of cyclical things that you're dealing with throughout your lifetime that you could identify as your own personal tikkun, things that you feel challenged by, that you seem to get a handle on it, and then you move forward, and as soon as you stop paying attention to it, you realize that you need to be more vigilant and you need to care for those things in yourself so that you're able to, if you like, overcome or move through or rise above or make the changes so that your life changes and you become more able to move forward in the things that you're interested in. Kind of like that idea of knowing that You know, we need to come out of our comfort zone in order to grow and in order to really move in the direction that we want to move in. You know, we're all very, very gifted. And even though you may have recognized some of the gifts that you have in whatever area they may be, for some people it is in art, some people are fantastic chefs, some people are musicians, Other people have a a, a gift in terms of being uh, pristine in their body and being athletes. You know, some are architects. And we all have different skills and abilities and talents. And no matter where you are in your life and what you have developed so far, we are so multifaceted. And all of us have so many divine gifts inside of ourselves. And it really is part of our tikkun to recognize what those gifts are as well as recognizing what the challenges are to recognize what your gifts are and to recognize that likely your gifts are in areas where you are able to share something with the world and not only contribute to your own tikkun and repairing in your own personality and your own personal way but ways that you're able to participate in tikkun olam and be part of repairing the world and making the world a better place. We've actually talked about a lot of things uh, today and shared a lot of different ideas that really my intent is to get you thinking uh, outside of the box, whatever that is for you, and to think of that There is intervention available in every moment, no matter what the activity is, no matter what the situation is, whatever it is you're challenged by. And that often really what it takes is a willingness inside of ourselves to just open, to be open to the flow of life, 
to understand that whatever is in front of you is there to help you. It's there to help you. Life is here to help you. And that combining with life force energy and coming into a deeper relationship with your own divinity is there to help you. And that there are no limits to this energy. That anything that you need, just ask for that inside. So we're letting go of the idea of worry is about praying for what you don't want. And we want to incorporate the idea of asking for what you want rather than focusing on what you don't want. And you'll see that your life will change when you do these things. Are you thinking of yourself as a human being with the occasional spiritual experience? Or are you thinking of yourself as a spiritual being that has embarked on a human adventure? And the other good news is that we're all in this together because we're all doing the same thing. We're all embarking on this human adventure together. And we're all there to help each other in whatever way we can. And that is part of the joy and the beauty and the blessing of life. You watch the people that come into your life and the things that they say and the ways that that they make you feel inside when you combine with certain people and when you spend time with people that are also life-affirming and positive and moving in a good direction, focusing on being responsible for their own energy, their own tikkun, and focusing on tikkun olam, contributing to the world. It is my pleasure to have this opportunity to speak with you and share with you about these things and to bring some information and education about how we can relate to life force energy and how we can use that energy in our life to help us. So thanks for tuning in today. And this is uh, Leah Smith, your host, and you've been listening to Come Back to Your Senses Radio. And we'll see you next week. Thanks so much. Bye for now. hope you've enjoyed our program today and perhaps have found some new techniques that you can apply to your daily life. Thank you for tuning in to Come Back to Your Senses Radio. Please join Leah Brenda Smith again next Thursday at 1 p.m. Pacific Time, 4 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. We'll see you next week.